Thanks for listening to the Honey Creative Podcast. I'm so excited for this episode. I have my little brother, Adam Sperling, as my guest today. Adam is a pastor at Hillsong Church in Sydney, Australia. We talk about using creativity in a job that may not seem super creative, what anointing looks like, and how to thrive in a season of waiting. Adam is a great preacher, so get ready to be encouraged and challenged. Hey, thanks for joining me on the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing good, thank you. Thanks for having me, sis. It's good to be here. All the way from Sydney, Australia. Heck yeah. Thank God for technology. True. Especially, you know, (laughs) over the past couple of weeks. Exactly. It's like everyone is as far away as you are. (laughs) Yeah. You know, even if they live next door. Super great. So it's like you live next door. (laughs) Yeah, I do. Yeah, apparently. Uh, So yeah. So tell the listeners kind of who you are, what you do. What are your favorite activities? I don't know. Be creative with it. Be creative with it. All right. I'm on the honey creative, so I better be exactly. creative. <laughs> um, hi, everyone. I'm Adam. I uh, moved to Sydney, Australia about 11 years ago to come to Hillsong International Leadership College. Um, and here I met my wife, who's now my wife. Juliet, she is Australian, and um, yeah, we did college together. Been been working for church here at Hillsong Church ever since, and um, yeah, I'm an Australian citizen and American citizen, so that's hey. pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah, I've had a few a few different roles in ministry here in the past eleven years. Um, everything from uh, marketing, which I had never done before, which was a super fun <laughs> journey, um, marketing to teaching at the Bible college to pastoring one of our biggest services to now looking after all of the new Christians, um, at our, one of our campuses here in Sydney. Um, yeah, it's a little bit about awesome. me. I, yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy, um, you know, walks on the beach, obviously. Great beaches <laughs> obviously. here. Great beaches here. Um, right now, I just got into running recently. So I'm, I'm working on my 10K, my speed, nice. my time. So that's pretty, that's pretty little tidbit about me at the moment. Yeah. And I've got three crazy, wonderful, beautiful kids. And we're homeschooling them as I was once homeschooled with Nicole. So yeah. Yeah. Good. The homeschool. What goes around comes around, I guess. <laughs> it's full <laughs> What circle. are we going to do? <laughs> oh, wow. I love it. That's weird. That's weird. It is. Yeah. It is weird. You never thought you would homeschool your kids, right? <laughs> no, I, I swore to not, you know. Yeah, same. <laughs> <I was laughs> not that it was a bad Lord. journey. No, it wasn't no, it a bad great. journey. <laughs> no, it just we love you, is... mom. Yes, she has so much more patience than I do. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. For homeschooling, yeah. Right on. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you do creatively. And that isn't just the fact that you're incredible at drawing and like all yeah. kinds of of random art that you're just really good at naturally but even like in leadership and writing sermons and just all of the crazy stuff you do you use a lot of creativity every day yeah like for me I think because of the I don't know I don't know why it is necessarily but we tend to 
I guess as a society to try and figure somebody out to to understand them more we try and we try and put them in a you know a a pigeonhole or a box or or something to kind of frame who they are so we know how to relate to them so I feel like I've done that to myself quite a bit over the past few years because I'm in a I'm in a a pastoral leadership role Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not a musician in any regard um like I can I can keep a beat while I'm clapping <laughs> but that's hey, about as to, far as my musicianship goes used to shred on that electric guitar in high school <laughs> that is that's highly incorrect <laughs> I sh- shredding is more like cheese grating it was terrible <laughs> um it was it was terrible uh but yeah so I, I kind of like boxed myself in that and in simply neglected a lot of the creativity that I I have um for a while and I got challenged um I I believe by the Holy Spirit on that because I think creatively I don't think linear I don't think I mean I operate well with linear instruction and with frameworks but I don't think that way Mm um I, I read the book Jesus is by Judah Smith quite a few years ago and in the opening chapter, he, he explains his brain. And I felt liberated when I read that. He wow. explains his brain. He likens it, he likens it to a, a big wall um, covered in different colored sticky notes with drawings and scribbles all over them. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I was like, oh, my goodness, there's somebody else in the world that is like <laughs> me. <laughs> That's it was such a great thing. So just in the past few, like probably two years specifically, yeah. Um, and, and with a higher focus in the past year, I've been trying to take the lid off of how I do things with leadership, how I do things with sermon prep, and how I do things with stewardship as well. Because uh, being, being a good leader doesn't just mean being inspiring. That's a huge part of it. But being a good leader is being a good steward of your people and being a good steward of yeah. what you've been entrusted with. And for me, the biggest thing with that comes with follow through so I'm the guy that has the ideas I'm the guy that has vision and inspiration and future focus and guys this is going to be amazing and go with me here and think about this and in 10 years what if but my problem comes in the follow through side of things and the little details in between now and then so with that type of stuff I've just been kind of letting it go a little bit um you know (laughs) frozen two is out a little bit like Elsa just yeah. watching that 90 times and just letting it go and trying something different <laughs> and so uh, I recently went to a restaurant and it's funny how you can get inspiration from this from the funniest things I went to this yeah. restaurant where they cover the the tables in paper the tablecloths oh. are actually paper and there's there's like cups of crayons mm-hmm. in the middle of the table so you can just draw while you wait for your meal I love that and the kids loved it and I loved it even more than the kids <laughs> yes <laughs> and um and so I literally started doing that with work. I lined my desk with paper, with oh, wow. big and um, big sheets of paper, and I have a few different colored pens, and um, and, and I draw while I'm thinking, while I'm talking on the phone, um, even while I'm reading, and I'll just write notes all over it, and I'll draw notes all over it, and I'll start, I'll start just. Um, I don't know, just letting, letting the creativity flow a little bit. And when I do something like that or something physical movement, that's when I think much better than just being static. Yeah. Um, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's where, that's where I'm at right now. I'm just trying to do little things like that. So that's how I sermon prep. Also, I, I literally, I draw out my sermon pretty much. I try and, I try and illustrate it um, to get it out of my mind. Um, Cause I often, my problem comes when I have, I have so many thoughts and I I have one, one thing I want to talk about, but then I start you know, cross-referencing in the, in, in the Bible and I start bringing all these other scriptures into it. And then all of a sudden I'm four hours in and the entire Bible is in my sermon. I'm like, no. You're like, oh, like, wait, wait people it's, aren't it's, sit it's all about Jesus. <laughs> exactly. This is, this is not a, a church in Honduras that's going to go for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, trying to work on getting all of those things out of my head and um onto the paper in as many ways as possible so then i can actually frame it and give some specificity to what i'm trying to say and that helps me focus yeah and it sounds funny and it looks funny it looks really funny but it actually helps me focus a lot that's awesome i think sometimes i need that little distraction i guess it's like a, a fidget spinner or something you know <laughs> something to kind of something to kind of keep your your creativity flowing I think that's really cool I know some people will use like a a treadmill desk or sit on an exercise ball but I like your idea better (laughs) I have to line my (laughs) yeah my table with paper yeah it's fun it's fun to just sketch and and all that stuff yeah yeah so Speaking of hmm. ministry and all of that, you've had quite the journey. I know you kind of talked a little bit about that, but um, I feel like you've seen like the inside of more ministry roles than most people like even ever will, <laughs> even like senior pastors. I feel like you've kind of um, worked in so many different places. How would you say that that's, I guess, made you better as a leader, as a pastor, um, now leading those people and kind of knowing you know, what it is they do, I guess, kind of how has that shaped you? And, and what's the biggest thing you've learned from that? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Yeah, because I, I mean, even when I was in college, I, I worked for the maintenance team. Yeah. And so I started out, out cleaning toilets and fixing doors and cutting, cutting grass and cutting hedges and, and just trying to maintain the premises. And there's, it's a it's a decent size acreage block yeah, that we have it's pretty big that we're very blessed to have um but that that comes with a lot of wear and tear mm-hmm. and so for three years I worked I worked on on maintenance and and changing light bulbs and ordering stuff and so from 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 that all the way through to what I'm what I get to do now I think it just gives me like you said it's just a little bit of a perspective yeah I've, I understand what they're doing, why they're doing it and being able to, to, to be where I'm at and still remember to take out the trash. Yeah. Like it sounds so simple and it sounds so funny almost like, Oh, that's not a big deal. But for the people, I remember when I was working on maintenance and it was my job literally on Friday nights to go around and empty every single trash can in the entire property. Yeah. Um, and I just remember, I remember one night seeing one of the pastors grab two of the bags that I had set down because I had to, I had to grab another bag from a, from the garbage can across the foyer. And he just comes out, grabs the bags and walks them out to the, to the dumpster 
for me. Wow. And, and um, I was like, oh, you don't have to do that. Like, it's, I literally get paid for that. Yeah. So it's not a big deal. And he's like, he's like, he's like, hey, we never graduate. We never graduate from taking out the trash. Wow. Um, and, you know, he's been, he's been doing ministry for 20 plus years and he's running his own campus and all that stuff. And he's a, he, he's, you know, in his own right, he could consider himself a big deal, yeah. but he, he didn't think he's too big of a deal to take out the trash. That's and awesome. so I want, I, yeah, I was kind of like, that's how I want to be. Yeah. And I think has, having seen quite a few different roles in church, and I mean, it hasn't been that many, but it's like I said, it was kind of funny. I got asked to do a, a, a marketing role for the college. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, was, I was like, I've never done this before. And like, yeah, you'll be fine. You'll, you'll just have a shot. Just give it a shot. Yeah. So I did. And then, you know, six months later, I was like, guys, I'm really not good at this. And they're like, no, nah, you're right. Let's, 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 let's get you to do something else. That's funny. It's, it's kind of funny when they agree with yeah. you. Uh, it hurts, but it's funny. Um, <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> yeah. I was working in production <laughs> yeah. and Listen, I was like, I suck at this guys. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but we kind of don't have anyone else. <laughs> So just suck so it just up. wait until something um, else opens up. <laughs> oh, so funny. But yeah, like, it, I think it's just perspective. Really. Yeah. Um, and, and along with perspective, you get, you get like priorities get rearranged. So if, if excellence is not attended to um, from the top, it's, it's not valued from the bottom. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, if I, if I don't attend to excellence, like you, it, more simple, more simply put, you, you get what you allow. Yeah. I think, um, and Pastor Brian always talks about that. Um, you get what you allow. So if I, if I were to allow my team to use a space, use a, say a meeting room or a foyer for, for a prayer meeting, and we leave that space dirtier or worse off mm-hmm. than when we came. Yeah like that's not cool for me because I know the work that it takes to go into resetting that room yep. or, or cleaning that space or making it, you know, look better. So like I always operate off of something that my high school football coach always used to tell us he used to, he used to say, leave the wood pile higher. Yeah. And just in the fact that wherever you go, whatever you do, when you leave, you want it to be left better off for you having been. There. Yeah. Um, and so that, that looks like physically, but that also looks like uh, relationally, that looks like spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for me, I, I kind of take that on as a mantra for life. I love that. And I think having seen a few different different areas of ministry is, just helps helps me maintain a, a decent perspective. Yeah, yeah, I think that's so good. Yeah, like just having that diversity and kind of knowing those different perspectives. That's so awesome. So kind of like from that, let's kind of shift into um, talking about anointing because I know this is something you're really passionate about. And so I just want to open it up. I want you to talk about what anointing means to you, what it looks like. How is it different from natural gifting and just working hard and all of that? Mm. Yeah, I've, I've been, I don't know. It's kind of been, it's kind of been a, a constant thought on my mind over the past, you know, few months. Um, this whole thing about anointing, you know, at, at Hillsong Church here, we're talking about we frame each year with vision and in that, which a lot of churches do. But the the focus for this year for us is um, a Holy Spirit significance, mm-hmm. and um, and we've been talking about it in the lead up to 2020, 
and now being in the the absolute toilet bowl of 2020 <laughs> so far we're we're seeing how much we actually need that i I saw this meme i'm sorry to interrupt i saw this meme i thought you'd get a kick out of it it said (laughs) pastors in uh january of 2020 talking about how god's gonna give you 2020 vision for the future and then in march this happening (laughs) and pastors are like what yeah yeah. (laughs) we didn't see that coming (laughs) maybe (laughs) maybe our vision is focused yeah. elsewhere. No. <laughs> maybe we're manufacturing <laughs> vision <laughs> man no one could have seen yeah. this one coming i don't think this is this is a this is a yeah. doozy but i mean what a what like we've been praying for revival for for yeah. years for years and i'm like man what if this is actually this is what the revival is going mm-hmm. to look like it's going to come through yeah. this you know so i'm 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 devastated for all the for all the loss, Absolutely. the death, and the pain, and everything like that. Um, I am I remain extremely optimistic mm-hmm. though, for for um, obviously for the future and for what God's going to do through it. Yeah. Oh my 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 son is just paying me a visit. Hi, I'm Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to Auntie. Auntie Nikki. loves you. <laughs> you say hi, Auntie Nikki. I love you. Hello. He's, he's just smiling and pushing me away. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> See you, buddy. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, my little two-year-old. Oh, what a guy. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a handful <laughs> at the moment. It doesn't but, stop. Um, yeah, just getting back to it. Just getting... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, getting back to it. Yeah. Um, we, we're, like Pastor Brian's been talking about that, like an anointing of Holy Spirit significance. Yeah. Um, and I, one of my favorite Bible characters is, is David, um, specifically before he became King, Mm. there's, uh, there's so much to learn from. Um, but I always, I always think about that story. When I think about anointing, I think about two things. I think about David and I think about Jesus, um, and his mention of being, um, anointed with the oil. Mm, Yeah, that's good. Um, but the anointing that David received, this is, this is the, this is kind of might pl- might play into you know what we what we continue to talk about. But so David was anointed by Samuel um, at a party he wasn't even invited to, you know, from his brothers yeah. and his dad, w- which was kind of out of nowhere. So it's not it's not earned, it's not merited. I don't think. I think God's anointing comes from His desire to yeah. anoint. Um, so. The, where you talked about, you mentioned um, what's the difference between gifting and hard work yeah. and anointing. I think God honors hard work and he gives gifts for a specific mm-hmm. reason, but you can't argue mm-hmm. anointing. Um, you, you can't, you can't refute it. You can't, it's just there. Yeah. It just is, you know, um, you might not even like the person, <laughs> but if they're anointed, it's, 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 you That's can't true, argue it, yeah. you know? So so pardon, pardon the segues and the rabbit trails. I, I might go on here, but the, the, uh, it's just the way my brain works. Like I said, I preface at the beginning, you could have failed. Yeah, it's but a creative here. brain. So, <laughs> yeah, we're all yeah. good. We're, we're working here. Um, but I often think professional sports, I love football, the NFL, it's fantastic, but you see guys, you see different, different people play and they're yeah. just gifted. You know, you hear that they're just gifted. You see some people, even 
like I'm not going to go too far into this because it gets kind of controversial, but like with, with preachers, you see gifting. Yeah. There's some people that are just gifted and they're incredible and they're articulate and they're they're they can, they can flow and they can speak so well and they have a great vocabulary mm-hmm. and all this stuff. They know how to plan a crowd. And then there's some people that, that just, that don't have the flair. Uh, I always, I always think about Cam Newton in the NFL because he, he's got this crazy style. He always wears these funky yeah. hats and, and um, he talks a big game and he dances good <laughs> and all, all that stuff. And he's, and he's a great football player, but then, but you see, you see someone that's just like their whole team would, they, you know, they yeah. follow him anywhere. You see, there's a few guys like that, that, that are just leaders like Drew Brees is just, he's a, he's a short white guy that just gets it done because he works mm-hmm. his butt off, but he's got something, he's got something special that his teammates, they'd do wow. anything for him. They talk yeah. about that all the time. And they talk about his leadership ability and they talk about his love for the team and, and all that stuff. And so um, you, you see all these, you see these guys that have gifting and that have hard work, but then you see guys that just have that yeah. X factor. And I think the world would call it an X factor where um, a lot of people would call it an X factor where we mm-hmm. would call it an anointing. Um, like, I believe you can be anointed to play football because of the totally that you have, you know, I believe that you can, be anointed for whatever your craft is because God's giving gifts for a reason, like I said. So that's, that's where I think hard work comes into play because, um, so David gets anointed and, and he gets anointed as King of Israel, but there was already a King of Israel, which is what throws (laughs) me off. I'm like, Oh, that's really weird. That doesn't make any sense. Because there's already a king, God, and that's a king that you instated. And, you know, at this point, God had rejected Saul as king because of some of his actions. But um, it's just a very interesting, it's an interesting thing. Like poor David, he'd be so confused. He's this kid who gets pulled out of the, pulled out of the fields, just looking after sheep. And then the prophet of the Lord for all of Israel, the guy, Samuel, comes, dumps a bucket of oil on his head. And says you're going to wow. be king of Israel, and, and David's like, "There's already <laughs> wait, a what? king." <laughs> what? Um, yeah, <laughs> wait. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the W U T. What? <laughs> um, it's just it's just so confusing. And then you know, God says something to Samuel when he's looking at all of David's brothers, and he's like, "No, no, no! I've rejected all of these. Like, man, man looks at the physical wow. appearance, but I look at the heart." Um, and heart is where the hard work usually is already happening before the anointing comes. Um, you know, it's, that's the heart is what's the, what mm-hmm. the unseen, you know, it's, it's the, the daily time you're spending with God. It's the daily, the daily effort that you put into your craft. It's the, if you play guitar, like yeah. running those scales, like over and over and over again until your fingers have calluses on them. You know, it's all of those things that you don't see. And, and I believe that God honors that. Um, not that we can earn an anointing, it's, it's God given, it's a gift, but, um, I don't know. He definitely honors that. So in all of this bouncing around, kind of landing in the fact of going, okay, cool. God looks at the heart. Um, so oh, don't good. compare yourself to other people because yeah. you can't see their heart anyway. And God's going to anoint who he's going to anoint. And, um, so if somebody else has an anointing for something, you shouldn't, 
you shouldn't go like covet that because God's got an anointing oh, for good. you for something yeah. special. I, I genuinely believe he wants to anoint everybody with his Holy Spirit because that's what, you know, that's what we do with the church. We, the, the disciples were instructed to, to baptize in water and yeah. in the power of the Holy Spirit. So um, that right there is an anointing. So anyway, David gets anointed and, and then things start going up for him, right? Like things start going up. Like he, he kills a lion, he kills a bear. He's a boss. He starts writing a bunch <laughs> yeah. of music, singing to the sheep, all that stuff. Um, legend. And then, then the war breaks out with the Philistines. His brothers go to battle. He goes just to take the cheese yeah. and the sandwiches, right? Like he's <laughs> just the cheese boy on that day. And then he sees this, he sees this giant. All keep in mind, he's already been anointed. Like he's been right. anointed as king of Israel, and so no one, no one's man enough to fight him. And he's like, I don't know what what would have been going through his mind, but taking creative license, like, hey, man, I must have been anointed wow. for a reason. Maybe yeah. this is it. You know, maybe this is the moment. I don't know. And um, he goes and he he operates in the in the power of God, and he's anointed for it. And he's practiced. He's hard work. He's he's got a gift. And, um, and, and he kills the giant and it's like, okay, cool. No taxes <laughs> for me. I'm now the king's yeah. son-in-law. This is epic. This is so good. And the king pulls him in to be his, to be his personal worship leader. Yeah. Cause he has a bad mood, you know, like that's pretty cool. That's, that's looking up. If I'm David, I'm going, yeah, yeah. Okay. God, this is how you're going to do it. This is how you're going to make that whole weird moment right. come to fulfillment. <laughs> you know, this is, I'm going to, this is how I'm going to become king. Okay. Okay. And then, um, and then he becomes a general of the army. He's undefeated in battle for King Saul. He's the boss. People are singing, Saul is slain his thousands, but mm-hmm. David is tens of thousands. And, um, and then, and then, and then yeah. uh, Saul tries to kill him a few <laughs> times twist. and chases him out. And then, but he, yeah, Saul didn't take yeah. David's anointing. David didn't lose his anointing. Wow. That's what gets me. Is I'm like, man, if you're anointed, you should have some stupid type of favor on your life. You know, like everything just falls into place. But wow. I don't think that's true. I think anointing is, is it, it, it operates on a different plane, so to speak, you know, a different, uh, you, you know, right. like there's time and there's space and then there's alternate universe stuff. And I think it operates, it operates in a different level. It, it oftentimes dips into the physical right. with favor and with blessing and, you know, in, 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 in the word, it says you will have favor with men and with God. So it does mm-hmm. dip into those different planes. But I think that, I think that in that season where David, there's 14 years between David's anointing and his wow. um, coronation as king. Like, yeah. like, that's a long time to wait for something that's been promised to you by the man of God. Like, if you want a prophecy from anyone, right. it would have been Samuel at the time. <laughs> Right. That's the same senior pastor of the nation at the time, so to speak. And um, yeah, so he operated in that and he's, you know, he's running for his life. He has to pretend to be a madman. He's hiding in a cave and he's not okay. Yeah. He's like not doing okay. Like, can you imagine that would be pretty stressful? He had to leave in the middle of the night. He had to leave his wife. Yeah. He had to leave his family and run away to the wilderness. And, and to top it all off, 400 people come and gather around him in the message it says that the losers (laughs) and vagrants who had nowhere to go found him and he became their leader their general in the caves in the wilderness and it's like man that's anointing like dave's not okay 
he doesn't have any wins on the board at the moment. Like he's running for his life from his father-in-law. If you have insecurity <laughs> issues about your father-in-law, um, wow. try that on for size. He's running for his life and, you know, and he doesn't have his family with him. He's left his wife in the middle of the night. Um, he's, he's, he's left his sword for goodness sake. He had to go take a sword from, yeah. from, from the tabernacle. And, and he's, and he's, he's, he's in the, in the midst of it. His family's not there for him. And he's got to, he's got to make his way now yeah. and figure out how to live. Still having this tension of, hmm. wait, I was anointed for this. Sorry, Do it. I'm totally Do freaking it. right now. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> is it all right? That's what you is, do. is it okay? Um cool. Cool, 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 cool. So um he just keeps going though. And that's that's anointing. There's four hundred people just, yeah. just come to him. They're drawn to him. That's you know, that's what happened with Jesus. He he tried to get away with his disciples across the lake. They'd even jump in a boat and go across the lake. But when the people heard where they were going, they all gathered around and they met him on the shore. And when he landed, there was a crowd there and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Like he just attracted yeah. people. He had the anointing um, for that. So yeah, David just goes through that whole journey of of not being okay for a right. long time, but he's still anointed. Um, and then seeing all of that come to fruition, you know, when he becomes a king of Judah and then the king over all of Israel and Judah and he unites the two kingdoms again. And it's pretty special. Um but it's just such an interesting, an interesting thing. We we think it should look a certain way, um, but oftentimes it doesn't. Look at, I mean, look at Joseph. He was in, he had thirteen years between his dreams that God gave him, until they became reality, um, as becoming, you know, the the prime minister of Egypt. He spent time as in a pit. His brothers beat him up. They sold him as a slave. They, he worked, he worked in a house and yeah. got accused of things he never did, got thrown in prison, you know, and all of these things happened, but he was still anointed. He still had a dream and God still had a plan for his life. So that's kind of where I'm at at the moment, that whole, that whole journey of like, great, I'm anointed for this. So I'm going to operate in the, de- it might be in the desert <laughs> and it might be with a bunch of weirdos, but that's okay because right. it's what God's given me right now. And right. I'm anointed for right now yeah, as well as the future. I love yeah, that. I think we all find ourselves. Yeah, we all yeah, find ourselves in a place like that at some point or the other where you're like, hey, God, I thought you promised this, but it is not looking like this right now. So I think that's really good. Yeah, it's good to yeah, remember exactly. that. How would you if someone came to you and said, hey, I think I'm gifted at this. I'm working really hard. Like I have um, a vision for it. Like, how would you tell them to kind of like recognize anointing in their life versus maybe like just ambition because I think at one point in my life all I wanted in life was to be a singer and I just I just didn't have the anointing or the gifting to do that and it took a while for me to figure it out but once I did like I feel like it released me to find that thing I was actually anointed and gifted in so how would you kind of guide people in that Mm. kind of journey No, that's a really good question. I mean, wait, you, you, Pastor Brian always talks about the fact that he, well, he has a catchphrase. Mm-hmm. He goes, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Um, so if you're around the right people, they should be able to help guide you. So if it's like, yeah, maybe yeah. there's that phrase blinded by ambition. 
like what you're you're talking you're talking about like maybe you have ambition and you've got a passion for it and you want something but yeah like you know you just don't right. have that you know that anointing for it I mean that's that's where that's where you've got to have people yeah that love you enough to tell you the truth I think and I mean I don't know I'm not the fount of all knowledge over here but I think that I think that good yeah. friends and time like time will tell time will tell whether you have that that extra anointing you know and not it's not like the first time I ever preached I was like mm-hmm. oh I've got it or oh, I don't got it you know I don't nah it for me it was necessarily like it kind of it kind of took some time and there was for me it was just a moment with God that I felt an impression on yeah. my life that I need to preach the word he's like I've created you to do this and that was a that was a defining moment for me but I submit that yeah. to people that I trust into the word of God so you know like in the bible it talks about discerning of spirits <clears throat> if you have if you feel like you've you're hearing something from God and it doesn't line That's up with the Bible, <laughs> guess what? It's not from God. <laughs> or if if you get a prophecy from someone and it doesn't line up with the Bible, just say, thanks so much. Appreciate that. And maybe just leave that. Yeah. Maybe leave that wherever they told you, you know? So, but if it does line up with the word, if it is accurate with what God has already spoken, um, then every good and perfect gift is yeah. from above who comes down from the father of lights, right? So he, he doesn't change. He doesn't. He doesn't, you know, shift course. So we can line it up with his word. And if it lines up, then, then, then rock and roll. So, I mean, for me with just specifically with preaching, I feel like that's something that God has anointed me to do. I, I've, I've, what I've done is every chance I get to preach, I try and take the notes or the audio recording or something. And I run it past our teaching pastor at church. And I'm like, Hey, if you have any time, would you be able to like mm-hmm. help me shape this thing? Um, let me know what you think, actually, like give me some honest feedback. And there's been, you know, like the, the general, the general feedback has been, Oh, cool. I think, I think this is something that you're gifted to do. I think you're anointed to do this. And it's, and it's a few people having yeah. confirmed that I'm like, okay, great. I can actually say with yeah. confidence now, you know, cause there's, there's, totally. there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. It says in Proverbs. So I mean, I think, yeah. I think that's that and it's time and it's time because if you just give it one crack and you suck, that's most true. people don't do great <laughs> on their first try at something, you know, yeah. maybe keep practicing, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's a, maybe an oversimplification, but if you have good friends in your life and you're really not good at something and you think you are, they yeah. should, no, if they're good, good friends, they'll tell you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. What would you say? Because you talked a lot about David and kind of that waiting season. Um, What encouragement would you give to someone who says, hey, like, that's me. Like, I'm in the desert right now. And I know that God's promised that thing. Like, how do I wait and not just become complacent or even apathetic in my gift? Like, how do I keep pursuing or learning or growing? Like, what should I do in that Mm. season? Yeah, that's good. That's good. I think just a preface before I jump into that, um, a preface like the, the, yeah. the little the the fence around the pool, so to speak, would mm-hmm. would be that I think you should always be feeling that at some some 
degree. Um, we have a saying at, at our church is mm. uh, we always have more vision than resource. We will always have more vision than resource because we're constantly, you know, like approaching the throne room of yeah. grace with boldness saying, God, what do you want for us? What do you see for us? You give us the mind of Christ on this. That's good. You know, allow us to see with your eyes, Holy Spirit. And, um, and so mm-hmm. as a result of that, we will always have more vision than we do resource. We'll always want to get more done than we have the ability to get done. Um, so there should, I believe, if it's good, healthy, um, strong from God leadership, whether it's you directly or indirectly through your, through your senior pastors um, yeah. or your business or whatever it looks like, I think that you should have that mm-hmm. tension. And tension is good. Tension's not bad. Like look at a guitar. Like if, if there's not two anchor points and yeah. a significant amount of tension in between them, <laughs> yeah. the guitar sounds terrible or it doesn't even function as a guitar. Like have you ever played a severely out of tune right. guitar? Nobody right. wants to hear that. <laughs> no one needs that in their life, right? <laughs> so so why would you ever want yeah. a lack of tension in your life? It will be out of tune, it will be disgusting, it mm-hmm. will be it will be lopsided, you know? Um it's the same with a trampoline. If you don't have the right tension with the springs, you have no bounce. You've got yeah. you're just a you're just a mat to lay on. Like there's no, there's no um, purpose really. So tension I think is huge. And um, so that would be kind of the framework of that one. But the waiting season, if you're in that season, you're like, Hey, that's (laughs) That's me. All I would say is like, welcome home. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like Jesus has been there. He did 40 days and 40 nights without food in the wilderness. And he faced, it says in the Bible, every temptation. And, um, and after he refuted and defeated the devil in that, in that aspect, um, he was tempted even more. Mm-hmm. And, and then he, he, he remained. And then we see so many, so many uh, wilderness stories with the Israelites and with David and, you know, with so many different, different moments yeah. in, in the desert or in the wilderness or in the waiting. Um, that's kind of where the cool stuff happens. Like, a good portion of the time Jesus did his mm. miracles in yeah. between places. He, you know, like he's, he's in one place and he's going somewhere and something happened. You know, Jesus is walking. It says, it says in Luke seven verse 11 that Jesus and the disciples were walking and they came upon a village called Nain. And he saw um, a woman, uh, a funeral procession yeah. for this woman's son. And it was her only son. And she was a widow. It, like mm. her future is completely disappearing in front of her eyes. And he, he stops the funeral. He's just walking and on his way, he just sees a funeral and he stops wow. it and he picks the boy up and he takes him back to his mom. And he says, Hey, don't cry. I'm going to restore. And so like the, uh, I think, I think transition and waiting, yeah. it can be the most vulnerable time if we don't arrest it. But, but it is, it is the, the, absolutely the biggest opportunity for miracles, I think. Because, I mean, that's it. Doesn't doesn't mean that you're not anointed. Like David wasn't not anointed. It doesn't mean that God's not with you because God's always with you. And all it all it means is that yeah, you've currently got more vision than resource in your life. Even if that means that you don't have the leadership capability to take yourself there yet, or to take your business there yet, or to 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 compose that 
that level of music yet or whatever it is that you're wanting to do maybe it could just include more hard work yeah or maybe it just could include time you know it is in ecclesiastes it does say that time and chance happen to us all so i mean i like i said i don't have that have the answer i just have my thoughts on it and i think that mm-hmm. everybody in some degree is there and that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be content because you know right. paul says that we i've learned to be content in all things um but that means that he's content with his relationship with God and with who he is as a human, but he's never yeah. going to stop pushing because he has a vision that's bigger than himself. And he always did even through to the end. And so, yeah, I would always hold to that. I think that yeah. we should always be in some sort of a season of waiting in some sort of a season of God, you've promised me this God, you've given me this because we are ultimately in the now and the not yet We're you know, we're waiting for the second coming of Jesus as Christians. And we're saying, hey, God, you've promised this beautiful paradise of no weeping, no pain, no sorrow. But I all I'm feeling right now and all the world is feeling right now is pain, death, sorrow, weeping. What is going on? And we see these glimpses of heaven coming down to earth. That's why I think just as an aside that Jesus taught us to pray Mm. the way he did. Um, yeah. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That's our job um, to bring little bits of heaven down, but we're not there yet. So I think that that is a, a good allegory of how all of our lives will be. So like, I don't, don't waste the wait. You know, that's what I, I would say. Like, it's kind of a little cliche saying like, don't waste your pain. Don't waste the trial. But honestly, like, don't waste the wait because in the waiting, even if it looks like physical isolation right now for a lot of us with this whole pandemic, um, we can, we have, we have a couple of choices physically. We can either get <laughs> wicked out of shape right. and eat our way through the entirety of Netflix or, or like some of my buddies have really challenged me. Like I said, I just started running. Cause I'm like, cool. I want to, yeah. I want to kick my butt a little bit and get into a new gear and not get complacent in the waiting. Because what happens when you get complacent Ooh, in the yeah. waiting? What does that look like? The Israelites at Mount Sinai. They couldn't even wait 40 days for Moses to get down. And then they built an wow. idol. And then they stuffed themselves over. And then they they couldn't even they couldn't even believe the yeah. word of God for them when the spies went into the promised land. And so guess what? They ended up waiting for 40 years because they got complacent and they didn't keep themselves spiritually sharp. And and they constantly over and over again they got lazy in the waiting and and so you see guys like Caleb and Joshua they didn't get lazy they remembered the promises of God and they came back with a good report and they are the only two out of the entirety of those that generation that actually saw the promised land so if you want to see the promise if you want to see the fulfillment of what God's put in your heart stay sharp in that waiting stay sharp in the wilderness stay sharp in the desert push yourself find stuff to challenge yourself with get good people around you even if it's on zoom or facetime or text message or whatever it is get those people around you that are going to spur you on and kick your butt when they need to so kind of shifting gears a little bit um let's Mm. talk about hillsong like it's one of the most creative and i would i would dare to call it iconic kind of churches you know on the planet everyone kind of knows about it so i Mm. think I think a lot of people would want to know what are some of the most significant lessons you've learned like about ministry 
um, creativity, maybe what are some of the misconceptions that you've heard or even like had when you went into it? Um, I don't know. Give us a little bit of insight there. Mm. Yeah, shoot. I mean, it is, it is pretty influential across the globe at the moment. We've got, you know, I think, I think there's like 30, 30 nations or something like that, that we're, we have churches in, which is pretty stinking cool. <laughs> but um, I don't, I don't know. It's not like I can speak right. on behalf of our senior pastors by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination. Yeah. But just out of my, out of my personal experience, the creativity here is, as we talked about before, yeah. it's an it's an incredible amount of anointing. Like the 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 people specifically Mm -hmm. you know you you look at the worship team with united and hillsong worship and young and free that's the that's probably the most known facet of our church they're they're the most normal weird fun goofy people you'll Uh ever meet some of them are super super introverted and they don't even like to talk it's not that they don't want to talk to people they just (laughs) don't know what to say yeah or they're awkward in public or you know like and they're that mo- most of them are like their parents, you know, they're, they've got kids, they've got real life. But when it comes to the creativity, there's an extreme amount of anointing. Um, and th- that, as far as I've seen, has been due to our yeah. senior pastors, Brian and Bobby, pressing into God for that and believing for that and speaking it into being when it wasn't. And then seeing people come along the path um, and, and help take, take the church leaps and bounds forward. So when it comes to that, it's a, it's, it's a heavy amount of anointing, but can I tell you what? I had yeah. no idea how hard you got to work mm-hmm. to make a church function the way this one does. <laughs> it is, you know, we've been dubbed the church that never sleeps. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, and that's the, that's a straight up truth. And it's not out of a striving. It's, it's out of a, yeah. out of an insatiable passion for the lost. Um, we, we're reaching hundreds of thousands of people, even on online platforms right now. Yeah. Um, but it's, there's so many more out there. So it's not a, it's not even a competition necessarily mindset or, or perspective. I think it's a, um, it's a, it's a, it's just a passion for the lost and um, an overwhelming passion for the lost. And probably the, the biggest misconception that that always comes up right. the mega church vibe. It's the money making vibes and all that stuff. And I don't even pretend for a minute to be able to talk into that, but I do know I see firsthand um, what, mm-hmm. what the finance of this church goes directly into. And it is yeah. into people's lives. It's into helping people. It's into bringing people to Jesus. It's into, it's into, resourcing people that can't resource themselves it's into providing food for those that can't do it for themselves it's you know it's it's into that and it's all about showing Mm -hmm. people who jesus is in the most practical ways possible so whenever somebody talks about talks about that i i understand if if you've never been a part of it or never experienced it but i just i just need to say that we're all about like we have, we have the little, yeah. you know, love God, love life, uh, love, love people, love life. And that's what we do. What do you want to say to wrap it up? I would say don't, um, yeah. don't underestimate the impact that you can have. doesn't matter who you are. Like it doesn't matter who you are and you don't have to have, be having an impact on, mm. you know, mm-hmm. 
to two million Instagram followers yeah. to be important. All you need to do is have an impact on one person's life. So um, in a season where a lot of people are scared and a lot of people are fearful and we're surrounded with death and, and panic and whatever else, I would say this, I would say um, in every conversation that you have, you have the opportunity to bring, whether you believe in yeah. God or not, you have the opportunity to bring the Holy Spirit into that conversation. Um, you, you have the uh, opportunity to bring good into that person's life. You have the opportunity to bring hope and, and peace and love into that person's life. And so if you do that, yeah, even for one person, um, that impact is significant um, because every single one person matters. And I, I don't know. I know it's super deep, but I cannot help myself. I'm a pastor through and through. And um, I would just say that I would say it, your, your impact. Um, don't wait till yeah. you have a certain amount of followers on Instagram. Don't wait till you have a certain amount of people in your contact mm-hmm. list, like impact people with love. Now do it now. Like just encourage somebody, just encourage someone today. Um, right on. Well, thank you so much for doing this and, you know, kind of a, this transcontinental mm-hmm. thing we've got going on in our podcast today. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. I hope you were as encouraged as I was. If you like the podcast, be sure to rate, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram at The Honey Creative. And be sure to follow Adam too, at Adam Spur.